0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday evening, Hour of Power. We're going to have a great service tonight. Well, uh, Pastor Dave and Miss Katie are on on a much-deserved vacation tonight, but uh, Mrs. Pastor is going to bring the word for us tonight, so it's going to be just a great, wonderful, exciting night. Uh, We're going to get ready in just a second to get uh, into worship, but first we're going to have Pastor come up and uh, take up the Wednesday evening tithes and offerings.
1: God, isn't it wonderful to be worshiping Jesus together? Amen. Going to hear the word of God, the corporate anointing, amen. Mr. Pastor, you can sit down. You're the only one standing. <laughs> All right, we know the routine for how we do the tithes and offers. You need an envelope, come up and get, get one out of the bucket, or they give it to you. And open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. How many here have ever done the financial faith confession?
0: Amen.
1: Well, we got a lot of visitors tonight. How many have ever done the financial faith confession? Anybody? Amen. Amen. Well, we always like to look at the Word of God and see why we do that. So we expect to receive something from it. Matter of fact, I'm going to read the first few words of financial faith confession. Then I'm going to look at this verse right here. The financial faith confession starts off saying, As we bring the Lord's tithe to give offerings today, we believe we receive. We believe we receive. Amen. We believe we receive. Well, here's why we say, say that. Verse 23 of Hebrews 10 says this, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Well, modern translations say the confession of our faith, not the confession of our lack, the confession of our hopes, the confession of our of our hurts. Faith pleases God. Faith is released by words. Jesus said, in Mark 11:23, "We'll have what we say." That's why we do a financial faith confession. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. How many know that God is the one that inspired bid to put words in the Bible? And that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the high high priest of our faith confession. Jesus is the one that receives our tithe. Jesus is the one that brings the word of God to pass. And so the reason we hold fast the confession of our faith, that means we keep talking about what we believe we receive. We keep speaking, we keep talking. He said, because Jesus is faithful that promised. And so this financial faith confession we do is based upon a lot of different promises of the Bible. How many have ever received something from God that you attribute to Him as because you're a tither and you hold fast your confession? Amen. 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 All of us have. But that's how faith works. And so let's make our financial faith confession, faith confession together. Break our tithes and offerings up. Worship God with them. Then we'll get into praise and worship. As we break the Lord's time, what was that? I thought that was an air raid start or something. <laughs> was that a kid? <laughs> okay. As we bring the Lord's time and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs. Promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give just to the kingdom of God promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's
0: all stand together. And let's all sing this. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. I lift up his name with joyful praise. I sing of his sweet salvation. The morning to night and day to day. Up your voice and thinking. Our God provides our every need. Worship the God of mercy who gave his life to set us free. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, the church of Christ broke. Your name Cause your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like no other Your name I'll Let the nation sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to say.
2: name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Golly. There's all kinds of stuff up here. I think Pastor Dave left his Sunday's message up here. I got to get out of the way. Praise God. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Y'all blessed? Blessed, blessed, blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray before we get in the Word tonight, okay? Father, we come before you this evening in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we declare that we have ears to hear, we have eyes to see, and that we understand what the Spirit of the Lord has to say through his Word. And, Father, we just give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you know that... um, We've never been this way before. Can you testify to that? We've never, ever been this way before. We've never, ever lived in a time such as we're living in today. You know, as I was reading, uh, pastors got us reading Joshua this month, and as I was reading, uh, in chapter three, the Lord said this to, to, to Joshua, you've never been this way before. But the Lord also said to him, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourself. That means cleanse yourself. You know, God's looking for a holy people without spot or wrinkle when he comes back for his bride. He's looking for a holy people. Say, holy people. Say, I'm sanctified. I'm getting more and more sanctified every day. Amen. All right. Yeah, you keep confessing that. Hallelujah. So the Lord told him that he was going to do wonders among him. And so the next day, that's when the Jordan River parted. You know, we always think about the Red Sea parting, but sometimes we don't think about the Jordan River parting, but it did too. And, you know, God's a God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's going to part some river, he's going to do it. If we got to get water out of a rock in the hills, he's going to do it. Amen. We have to put our trust in God especially during the times in which we live. Amen. Open up your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 24. I'm in the New King James Version. So if you're in an NLT N- 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 or something like that, this isn't going to jive. <laughs> so uh, maylie's uh, going to put it on the overhead for us. So if you've got a different version that's not close to the New King James or the King James, you may just want to look up there. I hope you brought your pen and pencil, your notepad. Good for you. Let's start out in verse 3, Matthew 24, 3. Now as he, meaning Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Does anybody know what age we're living in now spiritually? What is this called? Anybody know? We're in the church age. This is called the Church Age. And so the disciples are saying, "When when are you coming? You know, what is going to be the sign of your coming, and when is going to be the end of the age, or now we know it as the Church Age?" Verse four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, "Take heed that no one deceives you." Who's the big old father of deception and lies? Yeah, you guys gotta talk to me. I can't hear you. There's a fan back here. I need you to I need some feedback, man. Who's the big deceiver? The devil. devil. Thank you, you guys, in the first couple rows here. I heard you. (laughs) It's bad that I don't have my table that I could sit down here so I can see you real good, right? Amen. One of these days soon we will. Okay, so take heed that no one deceives you. There's a whole lot of deception flying around. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, it says many. And you will hear of wars, and rumors of wars. Have we heard of, have we heard of wars and rumors of wars in the last, ever since we've even been alive? See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. He's telling us, don't be troubled. And then he says, but the end is not yet. For nation, this right here means people groups. For people groups will rise against people groups. And kingdom, that means governments. And governments against governments. Have you seen that lately? Yeah. That's all instigated by no other, none other than Satan himself. Causing division, causing hatred, causing strife. Where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. That's, uh, where's that at? James 3.16, I think. Amen. And then Jesus said, and there will be famines. That means when there's no food. And pestilences. And earthquakes in various places, places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. It's just the beginning. So what we're looking at today in our nation and really across the world, Jesus said, is just the beginning. Well, that's something to think about, right? So let's reiterate again what Jesus said. He said many are going to say that they're, they're the, that they're the Lord, they're, they're Christ. There will be wars and rumors of wars. People groups will come against people groups. You not only see that in America, you see that around the world. Kingdoms against kingdoms, governments against governments. Just look at, look at America and China right now, man alive. Governments against governments, don't you think? Famines. People are going hungry around the world. Pestilences. Now, I always think that word means bugs because of the word pest. But actually it means, listen to this, deadly and overwhelming disease that affects this as an entire community, but this one's affecting the entire world. That's even stronger than a community, right? Earthquakes in various places. He doesn't mention hurricanes and uh, t- uh, t- what do you call those big waves? Tidal waves, whatever. He doesn't mention those. Tsunamis, yeah, but aren't those just as bad and just as deadly? And Jesus said these are just the beginning of sorrows. Amen. It's not a time. Let, let, me, let me go on in verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. You know, there's Christians all over the world being martyred, probably even as we speak. In all kinds of different nations, Christians are being butchered because they won't denounce Jesus Christ as, as their Lord and their Savior. Well, have you reached that point yet? You know, the word says in Revelations, and we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We all love that part. But the second part of that says, and we love not our lives to the death. Are you there yet? Are you ready to die for Jesus? I'm not saying you're going to have to. I'm just saying, would you? You know? Are you afraid of death? If you're afraid of death, you need to get born again. Because when we leave this body... It's just beginning for us. We're on our way to heaven shouting the victory, right? Amen. Amen. Have you seen any hatred towards uh, Christianity lately? Have you seen any churches burned lately? Around the world? That really, that really upset me when, you know, in Washington DC, that that church there that all the presidents have ever gone to, 150 year old church at least. And they, and they've set a fire in the nursery in it. Praise God they got the fire out. But then they, uh, you know, wrote all over the building. How can, you know, no respect, no reverence, just complete and total hatred of which the devil is full of complete and total hatred. And many people are yielding to him, which is so sad. What about the other day in Portland in one of those places they were burning Bibles? You know? I thought to myself, you're not stopping God. You can't stop Jesus. Man, they've tried to stop Jesus for, you know, and God forever. It ain't happening. We've read the end of the book, right? Who wins? Jesus wins. Thank you, Josh. You guys need to wake up. Go like this. Wake yourself up. You're all asleep. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, let's see what else we've got. Verse 10. And many will be offended and betray one another. Offended. I can always tell when somebody's offended. You know why? You know what, what the cause is if you're offended? Psalms 119 verse 165. Great peace. Have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So if somebody's word level's low, they're easily offended, right? I mean, you can check that out for yourself. If your word level's low, you just get ticked off at people real easily, you know? Then you got to think, whoa, you know, I need to get myself back in the word, amen? But listen to this, too. and says, and we'll betray one another. And will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. I mean, just in the body of Christ alone, there have been so many that Pastor and I have seen since we've been born again. There's so many false doctrines that float up. Error, error, error. But the problem is, it deceives many believers. I think it deceives many believers because they don't know the Word. And so when somebody comes along and says, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, and I'm saying this, they don't even look, bother to look in their Bible to see if it's true or if it isn't true. That's why I love word churches. Amen. I love word churches because I like to know what the word has to say about everything. There's nothing in your life that this Bible, this word doesn't cover. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? That's why we need to get ourselves into this word. We need to know this word. You know, I've been told that you know, I've not, never been a banker, but I've been told that when somebody becomes a banker, you know, a cashier, whatever, they don't they don't sit there and study the the faults. They sit there and feel the the new the new money, the, the you know, the regu- the real money and say it loud, what? They don't study counterfeit. Yeah, false counterfeit. They don't study the counterfeit money. They study what's real. So after these people handle money all the time, when something comes across that's not real, whoop, 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 they recognize it right away as counterfeit. So you need to be that way in your Christian walk. When some new doctrine comes down the pike, you need to be able to know right away, whoa, that's not real. When somebody comes and says, you know, here's a, here's a great move of God over here. I mean, there was a great move of God. Well, it wasn't a move of God. It was a move of the devil disguised as a move of God. Oh, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe 10 years ago now. And some of the people here said, oh, you got to see this, Pastor. You've got to see this. So we turned it on, and we couldn't stomach it. One minute in, we knew this is bad error. Deceived a lot of people. That guy that was quote-unquote leading this whole thing, I think he ended up being some kind of a pervert. and I mean, it was just the whole, you know, it was a whole mess. So, yeah, dopey in the whole nine yards, you know. People falling for it left and right. But if you know the real, then when the counterfeit comes along, you don't fall for it. You recognize it right away. For one thing, your, your spirit will bear witness, right? Your spirit will bear witness with what's right and what's wrong. If something is right, your spirit just kind of soaks it in like a sponge. If something is error, a lie, a deception, your spirit kind of throws it up, throws up, you know? Your spirit kind of pushes it back. You need to listen to your spirit. You need to be, grow in the Lord so that you're, you're trained to listen to your spirit man. Cause that's what's on the inside of you and that's, that's where Jesus is in, in our spirits. And so we live by our spirit. We don't live by our head, our emotions, or anything. We live by our spirit. And so we need to be trained that that the more and more we mature in him, you know, sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes you make a mistake or fall up, you know, fall down or something. But, you know, thing of it is, aha, I learned. I won't fall for that again. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 12, oh, my gosh. And because lawlessness will abound... Wow. How much law and order have you seen lately? I mean, does anybody ever see anything on the TV at all? Anybody watch the news at all? Anybody see what's happened in Portland, Seattle, all these other towns and cities across the nation? Chicago, they've been murdering each other up there for decades. Lawlessness. Defunding the police. I'd call that lawlessness. Do you like lawlessness? I don't like lawlessness. Do you like that policeman when he comes to your aid? Do you like that policeman when he doesn't come to your aid, when he's coming to somebody else's aid? Amen. How about the firemen, the the military? Amen. Amen. Because of lawless, because lawlessness will abound, I'm in verse 12 again, the love of many will grow cold. That's a horrible thought. Verse eighteen, verse 13, but he who endures to the end, I'm planning on enduring to the end, are you? Shall be saved. Now, does that mean if you flake out and walk away? That means you're not going to be saved. Let's just get real here. Sometimes you have to read the verse the other day. Other way, if you're enduring to the end, you'll be saved. If you're not enduring to the end, you won't be saved. You got that? Okay. Verse 14, and this gospel, this one right here, the one you should have in your lap of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come as a witness to all the people groups. When Liz and Dana Nile were here, he mentioned how many people groups have not yet been reached. I think it was like 4,000 or something. And I'm thinking, good Lord, you know. Get those Bible Whitecliffe translators out there and get, get the word out there. Amen. That's amazing to me. But this gospel has to be preached all over the world. Amen. We cannot become complacent. Have you found yourself being complacent? You can't go around saying, I'm okay, you're okay, all's well with the world. Because all is not well with the world. You can't get used to living the way we've been living. I'm talking about out there in the world. We can't get used to that. Don't snuggle up into the new normal. Right? You want to live this way the rest of your lives till Jesus comes? <laughs> Don't snuggle up to the new normal. Amen. But at the same time, this isn't life as usual. These are the last days. Say that with me. Say, these are, the these are the last days. Did you know it? If you didn't, you know it now, right? Why do we know it? We know it because of the Word of God. We know it because of what Jesus told us. We know the signs of the times. Amen? You know, God loves us so much that he warns us in his word about what to look for. He warns us, young people, about what to stay away from. He tells us where the safe zone is. And if you're cuddled up with Jesus in the safe zone, you're safe. You walk outside that zone where God is, you're at the mercy of the devil. And guess what? The devil has no mercy, not one ounce. No mercy at all. He's full of hatred. All he wants to do is, John 10, 10, what? Steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus, on the other hand, said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Hallelujah. In your spirit, don't become compliant to every whim that comes down the pike. I'm not saying don't wear a mask, don't social distance and all that kind of stuff. But when something comes smack dab right up against the word of God, that's where you draw the line. Because who's our Lord above all else? Jesus is our Lord, right? And it's him whom we follow and it's him who we serve. We must be constantly on alert. You must constantly be a watchman. You can't be complacent. You can't say, oh, well, you know, we're just getting used to this and, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, everything's going to be okay for us as believers. But I'm not enjoying some of the stuff that we're going through right now. Sometimes, you know, it's like, man, there's all kinds of stuff coming across the airwaves and all kinds of stuff. you got to be real sensitive to the Holy Ghost to know what's right and what's not. You've got to be able to discern that in your spirit. If someone is bold-faced lying to you, even on, your news, on the news, your spirit will wear, bear witness to it or reject it. You've got to be sensitive, again, to, that, to, the, to the spirit of God that, that lives within you because God knows, right? We are at such an advantage over people that aren't born again. They have no clue what's going on, but we do. Amen. I just feel so privileged to be called a child of God because he tells us what's going on. He warns us. He says, this is a safe place. This is where you need to be. Amen. That's just awesome. Okay, we can't be like zombies walking around in a fog like robots. Have you found yourself maybe that way? You know, shake it off if you have. Shake it off. You know, I know that, you know, People are going to work, you know, a lot, in a, in a lot of ways life seems as it was, but you're going to work, but things are different at work, right? The guy that used to work right here next to you, he's down there a little bit. You know, some of you guys have had people at work that have had, uh, got p- tested positive for COVID, so they make you stay home for a couple of weeks, <laughs> you know, which is f- fine, you know, good, smart thinking, smart thinking. But we can't be, can't get used to this kind of stuff of what's going on. We have to be constantly alert. If you're finding yourself, you know, your mind getting in a fog or something like that, man, you really got to shake it off. Say, I'm not, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going to be a zombie. I'm not going to walk around like a little robot. You know, I've got to be sharp for God. Amen. So stay sharp, stay alert, stay ever watchful, and don't let your guard down for one minute. You know, I've been reading about Gideon lately in the book of Judges. And uh, he had an army of twenty uh, army people, I'll tell you all this, or Marines or military people. So Gideon had an army of 20,000 people, and he was supposed to go up against the Midianites. And God said, no, that's too many people. You've got too many soldiers, 20,000 soldiers. That's too many. And so he says, send home those guys that really don't want to be here anyway. So they sent them on home. And then little by little, they chopped down you know, the size of the army until it got down to 300. That's quite a, a change from 20,000 down to 300, right? Well, how in the world did uh, Gideon get it down to 300? Well, the Lord showed him what to do. The Lord said, you watch these men. When they're going down to the river, the brook, whatever, to get a drink of water, Watch how they drink. Are they taking their hands and cupping it up to their face and going like this and drinking? Or are they sticking their face in the water so that all that they all they see is the water? And the Lord said, you take the ones. You choose those 300. There were 300 of them that, t- that reached their hand down. They're looking up all the time. What are they doing? They're staying alert. They're on guard. They're being a watchman. And then they're drinking. They can see everywhere. They can see if the enemy's coming over the hill. What about the guys that have their face in the water? All they can see is the water. They weren't, they weren't alert. They got sidetracked by doing what? Drinking out of the lake or the river? The brook? See, we don't have one second where we can lay our guard down We've got to be ever sharp. Amen. If you go to the beach, a bunch of you went to the beach this week, you be alert while you're at the beach. If you go boating, be alert. If you go camping, be alert. If you go fishing, be alert. You now you're supposed to be relaxing on vacation, whatever. If you go to the mountains, you better be alert. You know, and this comes to me all the time. Parents, you need to watch your children. I am telling you what. They cannot play in the yard by themselves anymore. They cannot walk to the store by themselves anymore. Teenagers, you can't. You think, "Oh, I'm big. I can handle things. No, you can't. I'll tell you how you can. This goes for everybody in here. You know, there's a Well, I'm just going to say it because you kids got to know this, too. I don't want to put fear in you, but you have to be alert. You know, people are stealing children. People are stealing teens, boys and girls. Now, listen to me real close. This could save your life someday. If somebody tries to abduct you, that means take you against your will. Shout, Jesus. We're going to practice shouting Jesus. You ready for this? Okay. One, two, three, shout. Jesus! You know what happens when you shout Jesus? Or even if you whisper it. You can even whisper it. Let's whisper it. Whisper it. You ready? One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. Why is it important for you to know that? Because when you say the name of, name of Jesus, he sends the angels. They come a running. They come a running. And they will k- keep you safe. They will protect you. You got that? Sometimes you, th- you, know, you may not be able to think of a Bible verse to quote at that moment. But if you yell Jesus or even whisper Jesus, God's going to be right there and protect you. Amen. You've got to know that. Parents, you've got to teach your children that. I'm telling your children that now. But I'm talking about this for everybody. We have to be so much on guard. We have an enemy out there, and he's using lots of people to lie, to deceive, to trick, to manipulate, to distort, to destroy us. Have you figured out what's going on with the Antifa folks? Have you figured that out yet? How many haven't figured that out? I'll let you I need to tell you if you haven't figured it out. Or the Black Lives Matter. Have you figured that out? Okay, listen to this. Real protests by real people were going on. Legitimate, peaceful protests. That's our right in the Constitution to peacefully protest. Okay, Black Lives Matter was started by Marxist. Antifa means uh, anti-fascism. But the thing of it is they are fascist. See, they say the opposite thing of what they're doing. So these two organizations have infiltrated into the genuine movement that went on with peaceful demonstrations. And if you notice a lot of these riots, it's white people. Who are they? They're Antifa. They're people who are out to destroy America. Took me a while to figure that out, but I figured it out. It's it's a deception, see? infiltrated by the devil to destroy a perfectly good movement that was going on. Amen. That's why we have to be alert. That's why we have to be wise. That's why we have to know what's going on. Amen. Look at Matthew. We're still in Matthew 24, but flip down here to uh verse 36. This is all Jesus. If you, if you got a red, you know, Jesus' words in red, this is all in here in red. Verse 36, but of that day and hour when Jesus comes back, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, it was life as usual, right? They saw this crazy dude over here that had been working on this this ark for 120 years, preaching Jesus to them, telling them it's going to rain. It had never rained before ever because the earth was like in a terrarium effect. It had never rained. So especially when Noah goes out there and says it's going to rain, they had no clue what he, what he was even talking about. But for 120 years, the long-suffering of the Lord telling people, About God. You must be saved. You must be saved. You must be saved. They were just eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, just living life as usual until the day that Moses, that Noah entered into the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. As the lightning flashes from the east to the west, it says in another part of the word, so shall the coming of the son of man be just like that. Talks about the rapture here in verse 40. Then two men shall be in the field. Two men will be working out at at Fort Irwin. Two men will be working at the marine base. Two guys will be working at Santa Fe. Two of you will be working at the Walmart. But guess what? One of you will, one of you will be taken. And the other one left. Are you going to be one of them that's taken in the rapture? Are you going to hang around? You know, now's not now's not the time to backslide. I'm just telling you. This is this is spiritually dangerous times in which we live in. You know, you either got to get right or get left. You've heard that saying before, but it's the truth. Two men, women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other one left. One goes in the rapture, one doesn't. Watch, therefore. Watch. Man, he tells us over and over again. I bet if you get a concordance out and checked how many times God says watch in the Bible, it's going to be a slew of them. He's always telling us to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. We don't know. But it's our job to be ready. Amen. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. So, a question for you tonight is: uh, Well, let me well let me just tell you this. In Luke six forty six, you don't have to look it up. The Lord says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? We're supposed to be obedient children of the Most High God, right? So why are we coming in here worshiping him, calling him Lord, Lord, but we're not doing what he's telling us to do, be it large or be it small, right? Whatever is hindering you from serving Jesus 100%, you need to get rid of it. What is it? You know, I don't. You know, the Holy Ghost will show you. Whatever's keeping you from church, I'm just preaching to the choir here, break through it, right? Whatever is keeping you from tithing, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. You've got to trust the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that is in you. You've even got to trust him with your money. And I want to close with this. You know, when pastor and I, um, in the early 80s, uh, before we were in the ministry, we went to a word church in Indianapolis, and uh, the pastor would always tell us, you need to know how, get, how to get a hold of healing in case there's never a time when the medical profession is around. You need to know how to get healed. And that's why I'm always pounding it into you. Man, you get these verses in your head and then get them down into your spirit. You've got to know the word. So that it cannot be stolen from you. Do you know how to get some food by faith? You need to develop your faith. That's why Pastor and I went through the school of hard knocks when we were coming along. Because we had to learn. We had to believe God for food. We had to believe God for transportation. We had to believe God for you name it. We had to believe God for. But I'm so thankful. You know why? Because in our little family, you know, you all have a family. In our family, we had to learn how to trust God. Still tithing. A dime off every dollar. No matter what comes in or what doesn't come in, 10% goes to the Lord. Why? Number one, because you want to obey him. Number two, because he rebukes a devourer for your sake if you're a tither. My gosh, what a better promise is there than that? but because we as a little family learned how to trust God in every area of our life we didn't have money for insurance we didn't we didn't we trusted God for the healing of our, for the health of our children and everything else you know trusted God for the health of ourselves you got to know how to believe God for everything I read something really cute yesterday. This woman wrote this book and she, it's about women. I just was thumbing through it. And she says, you're not doing your children any favors if you're buying them everything they want. I'm talking about even a bike. You need to, you need to teach your children how to believe God. For the things that they want in life. If you don't teach them, you're robbing them of developing their faith. I'll tell you one more story and then we'll close. A lot of you have seen uh my oldest son Jason. He's the tall, skinny one married to Lou who's from the Philippines and who is now a citizen. And uh when Jason was a little boy, he wanted a calf. Well, that was, he was laid off. The car was busted. I mean, you name it. We couldn't, we couldn't, we didn't have, you know, food. We were believing God for every morsel that came into the house. And Jason wants a calf. And I said, Jason, I don't have calf money. I said, you're going to have to sow a seed and believe God for your own calf. So he did. He sewed money into his little offering envelope, you know. Wrote that wrote on it, "I'm believing God for a calf." One day, we rented an eighty-acre farm that had a huge farmhouse, beautiful place. But we only paid three hundred dollars a month for it. <laughs> it's an awesome place, but it had eighty acres with it. One day, this old tobacco-chewing farmer in his bib, bib overalls knocks on the back door. And he says, uh, Who owns that pasture out there? He says, I want to put some cattle out there. And I gave him the ne- name of the landlady and, his, and her phone number. So he called her. And then she said, You know, there's two boys that live on that farm, at, at that house there, you know, Jason and Ben. I bet they'd be happy to help you with those cattle. So Jason and Ben made sure that they had water, and they had all the stuff that they needed. And at the end of the the season, the guy's guy's name was Ray Schuster, the farmer. You know what he paid them with? Tell me, what did he pay them with? A calf. Is that cool or what? What? And so Jason and Ben shared that calf. It was 4-H time, County Fair time. They took their little calf, they named him Samson, and they took him to the 4 H thing. He didn't win any ribbons. He was kind of a little runt. But still, he had to be auctioned off. So he became a McDonald's hamburger. And the boys loaded that calf. (laughs) I'm about ready to ball now. We all cried. The Lord, the boys loaded that calf into that livestock trailer and we're all sitting there bawling our eyes out. There goes Samson. You know what I mean? But they got X amount of dollars. I don't even know how much money they got. Jason got half. Ben got half. So that was their first calf. And from then on in, they started buying their own their own cattle. Yep. And one year, Jason had, I love farm stories. Jason had one dairy steer. He was beautiful. He was a Holstein, black and white, big dairy steer, beautiful, beautiful. He had that one. He showed in the fair against dairy farmer kids who had entire herds of cattle from which to choose from to show in that fair. Jason had that one one, one, one steer. Every night he would... Pray over that calf, that calf. Well, he was big, you know, he, they'd grow up. He was like that. <laughs> Every night, Jason would pray over him, pray over his food. He kept a Bible in the barn. You know, I could go in there and there'd be the Bible Be Jason would read the Bible to that calf. Guess what? Jason got grand champion dairy steer with that calf. Now, it's, isn't that a wonderful story? Not only that, but I'll tell you another story. One time he had a calf. Well, actually, the, Mr. Schuster had a calf. And it was born with his feet backwards. You know what happened to that calf? Jason prayed for it and his feet straightened out. See, don't rob your children by giving them everything. Let them earn it. Let them believe God for it. Jason and Ben didn't have the money either to buy that first calf, that Samson. They didn't have the money, but they had a little job. And their pay was that calf. Isn't that a wonderful story? Amen. Okay, well, we're going to close tonight because it's 8 o'clock. It's time to go home. So anyway, you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out whatsoever your hands touch prosper. That's Deuteronomy, what, twenty eight. Let's say our Barst- let's stand up and say our Barstow thing. I think these shirts will be in Sunday. Yippee, kayo, kaye. I'm excited to be able to wear our shirts. I hope, I hope I, I hope I encouraged you tonight to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because without Him, we have no might, right? It's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. You ready for this? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. You're dismissed. Go out there and serve Jesus.